This world is a toxic place for life. We hear a story of losses, trails, deep wounds, broken relationships. This world is a toxic place that takes something from us. It gives us empty promises, hopes that are no hope at all. And there is no peace. We can search and try to attain things, but it comes to nothing. Nothing is meaningful, and I appreciate what Sue has shared with us. It is a story of what is possible in a toxic world. It doesn't change our past. It doesn't change our history. It doesn't change the things that happen to us. But it changes the way we respond in the precious present that Jesus gives us. The things of the past have less and less control over the way we respond in the present because Jesus brings healing and wholeness. Jesus brings a joy that springs up within us. I hope you saw the light in Sue's face as she shared about what happened. And and what I love about this is that it, it came to her in the Word as she studied the Word. But just as important is the sense of Jesus coming to Sue in community. Community is so important. It is, it is the loving arms of Jesus made flesh holding those who are broken because this world is a toxic place and it needs authenticity. It needs something true. It needs something better than what this world offers. And so I just praise God for what Jesus has done for Sue. And, and she talked about searching, searching for so many years. And I dare say that there are those out here who have been searching. And they say, why not me? What is my time? Why can't I experience what she experienced? But maybe today is the day. Maybe today is the day where you experience it. And it, it's possible that, that you once experienced it and it has become old and dusty like a book on a shelf. And, and it's, it's all in the past. And you're wondering, how can I have a new experience? But it's all about Jesus, isn't it, Sue? It's all about what Jesus can do at the right time that he has chosen. He comes to you and he opens up a new way of seeing the world. And I praise God for that. I praise God that he is the one. He is the Prince of Peace. Some 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah, a spokesman for God in the ancient times, told of a promise, a promise that would be fulfilled. And we find it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We read those familiar words, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called. Now listen to this list. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You know, I I think of the wonder of this message 700 years before it ever was fulfilled. And 
understand the power in this, that God is personally involved in our world, and he knows the end from the beginning. He is the one who knows the future. He is the one that is with us in the present, and he is so powerful that he is even waiting in tomorrow, waiting for you to get there. He knows all things. And so we look at this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. So he would bear the weight of the world upon his shoulders. He would be, his government would be a government for the whole universe. It gives these descriptions. First, it tells us that he would be a wonderful counselor. He would be our inspirational guide. He would be very present with us. He, knowing the end from the beginning, would be there speaking to us, telling us how to live our lives, giving us direction, helping us to be wise, helping us to know the next thing to do, helping us to feel like we're not alone. Amen. A personal counselor, one who is very, very close to us. Next, we see that he would be a mighty God. And when we go back into the language, this is a powerful thing. When this awakened my, my soul, I was just amazed that a mighty God means that he is a warrior, that he is a fierce warrior who has come to fight against our enemy, to overcome the evil one, and to seek us, and to find us, and to rescue us, a mighty God. Amen. And that's good news. Amen. That's something that's amazing, because he's come for each one of us, and a whole world of people who don't know Jesus. He is a fierce warrior, a mighty God. The third thing we see is that he is the everlasting Father. Now, all of us have had different experiences with our earthly father. But the perfect dad is God. Amen. That he is the everlasting father. He is nurturing and compassionate. A father who loves us. With a perfect love. With a transforming love. And, you know, I, I think of this time of the year. A simple little song. popular song that was around when I was a kid, and that's getting to be quite a while ago. But it says, you better watch out, you better not cry, <laughs> you better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. And I hope you see that there's a coding in this, that this is such a worldly song, because it's telling us this God image of Santa Claus is watching you, and he's going to hit you with the smite button if you've been bad. You're going to get a lump of coal. You're going to get punished. He's got his smite button ready if you do what's wrong. That is deeply buried in our culture. And we... That's why Jesus came to this world to portray the true loving God who cares about us desperately when it says, for God so loved the world that he gave so that we would know the nature of God. He is not there waiting to hit us over the head for every mistake we make, every imperfection in us. He knows it all. We're not hiding anything from him, and yet he 
desperately loves us and longs for us to be in a deep love relationship with him. And so, I, again, I just can't help but going back to Sue's testimony, her sharing. But it's curious to me that the Prince of Peace comes last in this list. I don't think it was a mistake or any random thing that happened. The Prince of Peace is put as the foundation of everything that leads to it. The Prince of Peace. Well, we think of peace. What, what, what's that about? Well, we can say Jesus came into the world on a quiet night as a peaceful little baby, that, that, he, that he was quiet and gentle. We can say a lot of things about peace, but there's a, there's a deeper sense of what peace means. The order in which it was placed is what I want to focus on today, that it is the foundation, and that's what we're going to focus on today. It's the Prince of Peace. What is it all about? What is the biblical concept of what peace is? And that's, that's a, an amazing thing. Shalom is a state of completeness or wholeness. The, our Jewish friends would say shalom is peace in the midst of the turmoil. With everything going wrong all around us, there is a centered place of peace. But there's even more than that. It's that and more. You see, um, for instance, it's talking about completeness is peace, that's shalom. For instance, if there's a wall that's broken down, a wall that's broken down and there are, there are blocks missing from the wall, if we put the block, blocks back in place, the wall is in a state of shalom. It's been restored. It's been made whole again. So this Prince of Peace, how can that apply in this case? Well, here are a couple examples. Um, so here from, uh, from Second uh, Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished, shalomed. It was shalom, it was made complete. And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated. So the temple, the house of the Lord, was shalomed. It was made complete. Well, you think about the Prince of Peace. What is that saying about Jesus? That he, was, he has come to restore and to make complete. And that is that sense of a world that will never end, but it's also in a personal sense that Jesus came as the Prince of Peace to give us wholeness, to complete us, to bring us back together. We see in Exodus chapter 22 in the, in the time of Moses, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall shalom, restore, five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. And, and I hope you don't miss this. This is God's government, okay? This is when someone takes something from us. When someone betrays our trust. When someone hurts us. Or even when we sustain a wound because of what we have inflicted 
someone else. God's government is not that it's just that peace is restored. It is abundance. God gives an abundance beyond what the moths have taken. That he restores an abundance beyond anything that we have lost. That is, that is what God wants to do. And, and I, you know, I, I speak from personal experience that I look back at the, at the brokenness of my own life and the, and the struggles and the losses and, and all that I've endured, but I look at my life, as I look back, my life is a miracle. Amen. My life is a miracle. God has given me something that's far more than anything I lost. And anything that was taken away from me was replaced with something far better. And the man that is standing here before you today is a whole man more complete than I ever could have been without Jesus. And that's Sue's story as well. And you know, the, the beauty of this story is it's not over yet. We are all a work in progress becoming, because it tells us in God's word, he who began a good work in you will complete it. He takes responsibility for completing the work in us. And oftentimes we fall into the devil's trap of obsessing over our shortcomings and our failings, forgetting that we have a Prince of Peace who is restoring us and making us whole. Amen. Well, he's more powerful than you are, so why do you beat yourself up over every single mistake that you make and think, I'll never get there? He restores more. He restores the years that the moths have eaten. He is a gracious and loving God. He is the Prince of Peace. And maybe you're thinking right now that you need the Prince of Peace. To come to you today. Maybe you feel that emptiness, that brokenness, that, that incompleteness, and you need that personal experience of the Prince of Peace. And I'll tell you one thing. He does not withhold himself from anyone. You are precious to him. You are priceless in his eyes. You are his, his dream. Jesus said in John chapter 14 in his last hours with his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. And when we dwell on this verse, look at, look at what his peace takes away. His peace displaces displaces fear and a troubled soul. The Apostle Paul wrote in another place, he says, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. I don't have to point too, too hard at the fact that this world is full of voices that are raising alarm, troubling our world, troubling our hearts, and fear. And we see, even this past week, a 15-year-old student acting out 
of the fear and the trouble in Tim and creating fear among his students, among parents, not just in that school district. We have people who are using fear in our world, in the media, and different voices in our world that are trying to whip up fear. And when we are afraid, we become dangerous because we react. We react out of our fear. But Jesus says, my peace I give to you. And there's one little caveat I'd like to say. And that is, I personally have to receive and seek out that peace. Because the gift is given, but it's up to us to receive it. It's up to us to break away from that fear that's rising up in me, that terror, that anger, all of those emotions, to break away and say, I choose peace. Look out of ourselves and look to Jesus, who gives us his peace. That is what we need today. The Apostle Paul, I love the story of Paul. As a Pharisee, he was working for God like the devil. To borrow some words from somebody better than me. He was working for God like the devil, thinking he was serving God, but he didn't know who God really was. He didn't understand who God was. He, he thought serving God was to hate foreigners, to hate those who weren't complete. And, and as he talked about himself, he says, I, I was a Pharisee of the tribe of Benjamin, an honor tribe, as to the law, faultless, until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then he saw who God really was. Then he understood who God was in his very nature. He experienced love. And I love that Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. A man who, on one side of his life, hated. And when he experienced love, he wrote the most complete word picture of love that humanity could ever hope to read. Yeah, love is patient, love is kind. All, yeah, that, that, that chapter is just absolutely a powerful word picture. And he writes this then from the other side of the resurrection. He says, therefore, a conclusion, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, we don't have peace with God we think that he is an angry, vengeful, unfair God. We don't have peace with God that we are running away from because we don't understand him. Paul received the peace and the love of God and his life would never be the same again. Once you have tasted what is true, what is real, everything else becomes visible as a sham, as a lie. Those things that we once thought were important. When we experience the love of Jesus, it changes us. And again, I caution you, we are not made perfect.
perfect when we experience the love of Jesus. We're just changing direction. And we are still in a, a work in progress, becoming more and more like him. As we behold his beauty and his glory, we become more like what we're looking at, Jesus. Yeah, that's good news. But what did it cost? What did it cost that Jesus could give us this peace, this reconnection with God? And we read again from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. All the things that have gone wrong in the whole world, all of the cruelty, all of the injustice. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, our shortcomings, our sins. He, the chastisement of our peace, was upon him. Our peace. What did that peace cost? And by his stripes, we are healed. Think of this. When Jesus said, my peace I give to you, my, not, I, not as the world give I unto you. He knew. He knew what it would cost. But he said, you are worth it. Amen. You are worth it, whatever it costs and more. I am willing to take this upon myself because I love you. Because I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love a whole world of you that I want to reach out to. And whatever it costs me, whatever you have ever done wrong, whatever shortcoming you have had, you're mine. And I'm coming, coming to save you. His peace. His peace that passes understanding. Here today. Here today. Perhaps walking through the door thinking, maybe today will be the day. Maybe today will be the day that I experience the love of Jesus. That, that he'll come into my life and, and change the direction of my life. Maybe today, like Sue experienced, I will have a fresh revelation of the love of Jesus and his peace that passes understanding. Today, today could be the day of salvation for you, of awakening to a whole new life, the authentic word of God, alive and breathing, in you, the peace that Jesus gives. Our Prince of Peace, perhaps today is the day that you need peace in your life. Perhaps this season is the time when the Prince of Peace will come to you. I'd like to invite our elders to come forward. And, and in this moment, in this moment, as you contemplate the love of Jesus, perhaps you're one that Jesus is touching your heart, calling to you, saying to you, you've, you've been gone so long. Come now. Come now. These dear friends 
spiritual folk are here as a community. They are here as part of your community. And we're going to take some time to have a special prayer. And, and if somehow Jesus has touched your heart through this message, if you have no peace, if you are broken, if you are angry, if you are feeling incomplete and in need, I, I want you to just come forward. Come, come up and be part of this community, this, this group of people, because this is a community of healing and wholeness. Imperfect as we are, we belong to him. So come, come forward. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to show that you have a need. Because Jesus is waiting for you right now. He's waiting for you. And he is calling to your heart. Come forward. Come forward and join this community of prayer. Know that you are welcome to this place. You are welcome to this place as you come and seek, seek the Prince of Peace. For he, he is good. We're going to take a moment and pray. And friends, if you feel broken because of the message that you have heard today, you, you recognize that something just is not right in you, we're going to continue in a prayer time off in the gathering room that's just out in the foyer to the right down the hallway. And there will be a time to have additional prayer in a quiet place away from, away from the rest of the community where you can have your personal needs prayed for. And I thank you. I thank Jesus for this day because he is our Prince of Peace. He is the one who calls each of us precious. He knows us by name. We are the work of his hands. Let me pray for you. Abba, Father, oh, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the mighty warrior, the one who is the head of the government, the one who has a plan for us, the one who is coming again to make a world made new. Lord, you see each of these people who have come forward. And there are those who are in the seats as well. You know them, Lord. You know everybody's story. Lord, I pray as the Prince of Peace, you would come to them and bless them in a powerful way today, Lord. We lift up this prayer in faith and thanksgiving for you are good. <laughs> and you are God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this precious time. We pray in your powerful name. For you, Jesus, are the author and perfecter of our faith. And all the people said, Amen.